Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Now the Prophet three things gave victory to the Muslims. And in addition to that, remember the night before, how did the Muslims sleep? If you remember from last week's class, they slept peacefully. Allah made them all sleep and they were energized. How did the pagans sleep? They couldn't sleep. They were tossing around, they, were, they had anxiety, Allah put terror and fear in their hearts. That's number one. Number two, the Prophet threw that dust in their faces. Number three, the angels came. Number four, number four the Prophet developed a war tactic as Allah inspired him that was not familiar to the Arabs. And that's really what gave the victory to the Muslims logistically. Basically, the Prophet told the Muslims, don't just go in the battlefield chaotically like the Arabs would do. Have you seen movies of the past people fighting? You've got thousands of people, you don't know who's doing what. Swords and spears and there was no organization. That's how the Arabs fought. Initially, there was one-on-one -on -one combat, but when the actual battle started, it was chaotic. The Prophet said, no, no, no. No chaos here. We want to win, we have to be organized. The Prophet invented the line system. Basically, he said the first line, let's say you have 30 in the first line, 40, 50 in the first line. The job of the first line, stand like you're doing jama'ah. And then he gave spears to that first line. He said those people, they have a lot of horses and camels. So you stand and create a defense system. The first line have spears in your hand. Don't go in the battlefield run. They're coming after you. Use the defensive strategy. So you're standing and you have spears. You can strike many of them and bring them down because they're on their horses and they're charging at you. You're fixed and firm on your feet. Then the second line, the Prophet told them, they were archers, the second line. The Prophet said, have your bow and arrow ready so that once they go past the first line, you shoot them with your arrows. And then you have a third line and a fourth line. Each line had a job to do. This tactic is really what weakened them because they made waves of attack and that exhausted them. So mostly the Muslims at Badr used the defensive strategy and the Prophet is the one who gave them a defensive strategy. Allah mentions the strategy in Surah Al-Saf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلَهِ Allah loves those who fight for His cause. Safan bunyanun marsus. They would stand in lines as if they were a wall, a constructed wall. These walls that the Prophet put in place is what really gave the Muslims the victory from a logistic and tactical perspective. So it was a beautiful strategy that the Prophet used. By the way, there's one important discussion here. When you ask other schools of thought, where was Abu Bakr? Didn't he become Caliph? What did he do to earn that status? Where was he at Badr? One way to save face or to say to give him credit that he had a, an important role, they came up with this story of the Arish. Basically they said Abu Bakr, he wasn't on the front lines because he was doing something more important. They built a shelter or let's say a room for the Prophet made from palm tree leaves and branches 
and the Prophet was kept in that Arish, in that shelter and Abu Bakr was guarding the Arish. So no one dares comes and hurts the Prophet. So he was in the defense and what he, he was doing was very significant, saving the life of the Prophet. These claims are dubious for a number of reasons. One of them, Ibn Abi al-Hadid, the Sunni scholar, he says it's difficult for us to believe that in the midst of the battle there and the valley of Bad, they created this shelter for the Prophet made from the you know, um, leaves of palm trees, palm leaves. Where did they get all that palm leaves from in the middle of the desert? Okay, you could carry a few with you from Medina, from here and there. But you need a big, big amount to create a shelter, like a room, like a building. So this is dubious that there in the valley, they had the time to actually construct this. Where did they bring the building material for it from? That's number one. Number two, these claims, these reports, they claim that the Prophet was in the Arish, in that shelter area, and there were two swift horses or camels, or horses they say, by the Arish. So that if the Muslims get killed, the Prophet would quickly go on one of these horses and he would run away and go to Medina, so he would save his life. First of all, they had one horse that belonged to Al-Miqdad. They were using it. That's number one. Number two, the Prophet you think he would flee the battle that way? When the Quran commands Muslims don't flee, the Prophet would be the one who's waiting for the minute to flee. And remember, the Prophet if he, would, if he were to do something like that, he would demoralize the army. The Prophet was in the midst of his army, he's not sitting on a high place, protected. We never see the Prophet doing something like that. So this is, these, these claims are unacceptable. And let's say, let's say the Prophet did want to do that. Remember the prayer of the Prophet right before the Battle of Bad, we mentioned last week. What's, what dua did the Prophet make? He said, Oh Allah, grant your victory on this day. Because if today the Muslims are killed, what happens? You will never be worshipped on earth. There will be no believer to worship you. That's it, Islam is gone. If all the Muslims there get killed and the Prophet comes out, he's going to go, go out and preach to who? When he just said that if those Asaba, if that group of Muslims are killed, you won't be worshipped anymore. So the Prophet's going to be a Prophet over who? When he's saying that the believers are there and if they get killed, no one's going to, going to be worshipped. So why is the Prophet going to flee if no one's going to get worshipped after that? That in itself tells you they're dubious. And then finally, we have evidence from Tabari and Sira al-Halabiyya that the Prophet The Prophet was seen on the day of Badr carrying his sword very close to the mushrikeen and he was saying and he would tell them you will fail we will defeat you and we will achieve victory. So he wasn't in that shelter area, he was in the battlefield. And in fact, Seer al-Halabiyya and Tabari both narrate from Imam Ali salam. Imam Ali salam said, when the battle intensified on the day of Badr, we would go and we would seek the strength from Rasulullah because he was the most courageous one in the front lines and he was the closest one to the mushrikeen. That's the strength of Rasulullah. 
These are the words of Imam Ali. لما كان يوم بدر اتقينا المشركين برسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله فكان أشد الناس بأسا وما كان أحد أقرب إلى المشركين من So you have these reports. The Prophet was in the battlefield giving strength to the Muslim army. He wasn't sitting in some high shelter watching from above. So the idea that Abu Bakr Haram, he didn't fight because he was busy protecting that shelter. Maybe he was by himself in the shelter, keeping himself safe. The Prophet was not to be seen in the shelter. He was in the midst of the battlefield. I don't know if he was really in the shelter. I don't know what he was doing in the shelter.